Everybody, welcome back to Microfamous. We've got a wonderful guest here today, and we're talking about her book, Overcoming Awkward, which is uh, which is hilarious. We've been laughing behind the scenes about uh, just the whole introvert thing and and whether uh, are we extroverted introverts now? Are we omniverts? Are we ambiverts? Are we just recovering introverts, uh, which is what she kind of jokingly refers to herself as. Uh, you might recognize her, Monica Parkin. She is an award-winning speaker, author, uh, getting featured all over the place. So Fox News, you know, BBC, CBC, all kinds of places. So you might have seen her around. Um, we're talking about her being like a recovering introvert. And for those of my audience that are kind of in the um, real estate and mortgage space, you might recognize her from that space as business development for mortgage uh, in up in uh, Canada. So lots of connections. We've got some mutual friends. I'm really excited to, uh, to jump in. Um, for anybody who's listening, if you want to have uh, these types of conversations and you want to do what, essentially what I'm doing, which is show up and go on Zoom and hang out with cool people and have awesome conversations, and then essentially walk away and have a podcast produced for you without the hassle. Uh, that's what our agency does. So there'll be a link somewhere around this episode where you can check that out. Um, but let's jump in. So Monica, thanks so much for, uh, for being with me today. Yeah, it's been fun so far. I'm looking forward to some more great conversations. I know. I was going to say, well, I'm not Fox News or, or the BBC. So sorry to be let down, but we're going to do... But we get to have a much longer, more relaxed conversation, I imagine, than a five-minute segment. And we don't have to chat at 5 a.m. in the morning, which is what a BBC interview is. So I almost start to dread those now. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. That's, I don't know if I'm at my mental and intellectual best at 5 a.m. My body is screaming at me to, uh, to get back in bed at that point. Why would, why would a human being get up at that hour of the morning? I don't understand. So, uh, All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the feedback that you got from the book, because this is um, obviously it's going to strike uh, a good chord with introverts as an, as an audience, you know, awkward is definitely a word that is, um, it can be playful and we can use a step deferentially, but it's also kind of a dig. Cause that's how we feel. You know, you go into a environment, where you're going to have to do a lot of small talk and networking and stuff like that. And you know, that you're going to feel awkward and you're hoping you don't convey that and make the other person feel awkward. But that's kind of the expectation is, oh, like you just get that little clenching in the chest of, oh, I hate making other people feel my awkwardness. Um, so yeah, what was, uh, what was your experience kind of getting feedback from introverts on the book? Yeah, well, two things. So one, the feedback from introverts that I never knew were introverts. Like I get these yeah. little private messages from people that are like just killing it in their field, like in fields where you got to be out there and, you know, in public and meeting with lots of people. Yeah. And they'll be like, hey, I want my boss to know I'm an introvert, but how do I get a copy of the book? Right. Like, so, so that surprised me, first of all, because I didn't, I had no idea these people were introverts and clearly they're doing great. And from the extroverts who said, you know what? Like, I didn't think this book was helpful to me, but two years into the pandemic, I'm kind of feeling a bit like an introvert some days. Like I'm feeling a little awkward and uncomfortable about going back into the world. And it, I mm -hmm. kind of resonated with it more than I thought I would. That's interesting. I would, I, I've, I've experienced the thing of like finding out people you didn't know were introverted, were introverted, like people that are, that show up as very energetic online and even friends of mine that I was, I just naturally assumed were extroverted, obviously not people I hang out with in person, but people, you know, in the online world. Uh, so I've experienced that, but that's interesting. Like I haven't had anybody, uh, really reach out to me and say like, Hey, I'm, a, I am an extrovert, but I'm feeling very introverted. And I, and I'm starting to feel awkward about getting, getting out and back into the world. So that's a, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Uh, yeah. I would imagine you deal with more people that are used to kind of rolling into an office and then had that taken away from them essentially for two years. Whereas exactly. a lot of my people already worked from home. So they were kind of already used to that. They were already used to communicating a lot by zoom and stuff. 
Yeah. Or the people that have spent two years, you know, most of their life getting on a plane, traveling somewhere, going from one conference to another one, you know, one meeting to another. And all of a sudden that's all been taken away from them. And, and now they're trying to make this transition from zoom back to in person. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, I got this text from an extrovert the other day who said, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I just want to apologize for all the experts out there. I thought you introverts were just snobs standing in the corner being quiet. I thought you were all a bunch of stuck up snobs. I had no idea. You were actually just like completely out of your comfort zone. I like, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Like, and that was her perception of the people standing on the fringe of the conversation or in the corner is that they're just stuck up. And she's like, really, they were probably terrified or just didn't like, didn't weren't in their comfort zone Uh, so that was kind of a a cool thing too to have that sort of um you know have someone kind of see something that they'd never seen before and and maybe change their future approaches based on that that was kind of a rewarding conversation that is interesting i've 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 run across a a lot of uh extroverts because i you know i'm sure you experience this like when you're on the introverted side you kind of draw extroverts into your life. I feel like you're just like, it just, the pieces fit together and we let them talk and they like to be around people to let them talk. So it kind of works. Um, they really can't relate. They don't understand the inner experience. So for them to go and go to a networking event and go, yeah, like, you know, I've talked to a hundred people. They all have my business cards. Great. It's fun, funny, fun. You know, just go do that. Just go do that. Like, you don't understand how that feels. You'd like, they can't relate to how telling an introvert to go do that feels. So, I mean, you come from the mortgage space. I come from the real estate space. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of people who got successful because they're extroverted, who then give out unconditionally unqualified advice to everyone. So yeah, just go do this. Just go, just go do all of your prospecting cold call. I mean, what's the big deal? They don't understand what's the big deal. Yeah. They don't understand what the inner experience is. And and it literally is different. I don't know that it's always, um, it's definitely not always fear because I'm sure you've experienced this as you've built your networking toolkit, you can make small talk. We can all make small talk. It just, it takes more energy and effort and intention. Yeah. And that's what really hit home for me this week. I'm actually doing a book club with a group of mortgage brokers, like 20 mortgage brokers, and half of us are introverts and half of us are extroverts. And we're reading the book because they're like, well, you're the author. Let's have you in the book club. And the experiences around small talk are so different. Like extroverts are like, yeah, I always just start with small talk, like this question, this question. And they just start rhyming off all these questions there in their repertoire. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I stand there for five minutes trying to get that question in my head. Be like, someone just walks up to me. I, my brain just goes blank. Like, so one of the things I've, I've learned that is that I need to prepare my questions before I go to the event. I need to have some things in my back pocket that I'm going to ask like the extrovert. It's yeah. super easy to say, Oh, what brings you here? Or how's your family doing or whatever. But those questions don't automatically pop into my head. Uh, yeah. And so it's something that just, it's an extra step that kind of for them it's like breathing for me it's like you know mm-hmm. actually focusing on breathing yes yeah it's very much similar to that yeah it's uh it's very it has to be in very intentionally done it's funny because i found myself doing that same thing like trying to have three or four questions going into a, yeah. a conference that's hilarious uh so let's step back in time a little bit let's go into your uh your story and uh have you always known that you were an introvert did you find out at some point you know what point did you start to get comfortable with it? let's talk about those sorts of the just the, in the timeline of your yeah. life yeah. Well, I think as an adult, I clued into that. Honestly, when I was a kid, I just thought there's something wrong with me. Like seriously, like there's something wrong with me that no one else. And I just assumed it was only me. I asked a question I would ask myself also, like, what the heck is wrong with me? I don't want to go on field trips. I don't want to do all these things. Teachers were like, why? What do you mean you don't want to go? Like everyone wants to go. What's like, what's your problem? Right. Um, 
but so as an adult, I, uh, I was telling you, I, I had this, um, ex- wonderful experience with a mortgage broker. Well, I thought it was wonderful because I never had to pick up the phone and talk to her. We just did everything by email. We did this for like 20 you years. Thought it was great. I thought it was the best thing ever. Right. And she kind of got me involved in the process. So we're like solving puzzles. And if we mess with the, the debt ratio a little bit, we do this, we increase the down payment. It fits. I'm like, this is so fascinating. This is like a giant Sudoku puzzle. I want to do this. And so I jumped in, I took the course, I got certified. And then, you know, like I didn't get the memo that it's actually way more than just solving little math Sudoku puzzles. So I show up at my new office the first day and I'm like, so where's my client? It's like, what do you got for me? And they're like, uh, what do you got for me? <laughs> we got whatever you bring in, buddy. You know, like you got to get out there and network. And as soon as they said network, I was just like, no, no, like I'm not doing it. And I, I actually went home that day and I said to my husband, like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I might, I might have to quit. This is like they want me to go to events, shake hands, and get to know people. Uh, you know, when they start thinking, well, you know what? I got time into this. I got money into this. Like, honestly, just try it for a month. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You might hate it. If you do, then then give it up. Um, so they made it easy for me. They're like, you know, Chamber of Commerce meeting next week. We're all going to be there. There'll be people to sit with. Like, there'll be some games. It's it's not that bad. You're going to be fine. So I show up at this Chamber of Commerce meeting. Nobody from my office is there yet. Walk in, look at all these people shaking hands, talking to each other, making small talk, which I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. And I turn around and go back out to my car and, I <laughs> and have another meltdown. Like, do I say I'm sick? Do I say I couldn't get a sitter? Like, what do I do? And then, you know, my colleagues drive up and they're like, oh, great, you're here. So like, okay, well, uh, now I yeah. got to do this. Can't get out of it now. Yeah. But that was when I kind of realized like, wow, I got some serious work to do in this area, you know, and I had to really uh, dig in and and make some changes. And, uh, and I guess the other thing is that night, so I did what I thought I was supposed to do as a networking person, walk around, talk about myself, how great I am and what great rates I have and Mm -hmm. gather up people's cards and came home at the end of the night. And I'm, I'm looking at all these cards in my hand and I'm like, I don't know these people. I didn't make a connection to them throw the cards out. And as I'm throwing them out, I'm like, Oh crap, crap, crap. I'm throwing their cards out. Like they're throwing my cards out too. And like nothing I did that night had value for me. And, and I'm like, I got it. There's gotta be a better way to do this networking thing. Like this is not, this is not the right way for me. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a low point, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's like, like, yes, I know exactly how that feels. It's demoralizing. Um, so let's skip forward a little bit to what what did you find worked? Did you did you have to power through that and learn different skills, or did you find different methods of business development? I think it was both. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing is I I kind of told myself that I have to tell myself a different story instead of starting every day with like I hate people. This is the worst thing ever. Yeah, I needed to kind of change that mindset. Right? I'm like, okay, even if it's not true, I'm going to tell myself like I like people. I enjoy meeting people, and then just take some little baby steps. Like maybe talk to the cashier, maybe talk to the mailman that day, and then notice the cool things that came out of that. So at the end of the day, I'd be like, oh, I talked to the cashier. She told me about that item on sale. Something cool happened, and take evidence of what was working so that I had some motivation to go do it the next day. Um, but one of the most important things I did is I reached out to some women in my industry. We have this group in the mortgage industry called women in the mortgage industry. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm six months in. I don't have a single sale. I haven't closed a deal. I'm taking out ads. I'm buying leads. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why should I be doing? And they're like, they all laughed at me. Like, yeah, don't worry. Everyone does that, you know? And then they all said like, 
you just got to be you. And I was so mad. I was like, I just got to be you. Like what a load of crap. Like, stop it. Give me something like I can use, you know? And then the next one said that, and I had to go back and go, okay, well, maybe there's something to this just be me thing. Right. And so I actually changed my focus on social media in my conversations and my interactions with people stopped talking about my business started being authentic me, like probably authentic me that I've never actually showed anyone in my life. Like me, the crazy goat lady that lives on a farm and has all these quirky, weird interests. Um, and, and asking people real questions about themselves, like actually asking real deep questions and caring about the answers and being this real authentic person instead of who I thought people wanted me to be. And, and that's when kind of the magic started to happen, you know, and my business actually really started to take off at that point. Interesting. Yeah, like as I can see, I can see looking at that advice and going, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're an extrovert or something like that. Like, yeah, it's easy for you to say just be yourself because you, when you're yourself, you're loud and gregarious, and you meet people all the time. Like I, I know extroverts that are like that. Um, my there, this, this, this is stuff of family legend. But my dad had a business partner in my teenage years. Uh, he was a contractor, and he literally walked into a gas station one time and walked out of that house with a hundred thousand dollar contract uh like wow. bid for a for a home wow. remodeling project just yeah. just shooting the uh the proverbial shit in line wow. at a gas station yeah yeah so like we look at that See. and go it's easy for them to say just be yourself when you're that way but what i was trying to be was not myself which is an extrovert so i was trying mm-hmm. to be someone else and when i do that what happens is my brain's holding all these windows open because i'm basically telling a lie and i'm trying to be someone else mm-hmm. and then i can't actually think straight and then i don't communicate properly when I'm just like hey what you see is what you get then my mind can actually focus on the conversation in front of me because I'm just being me uh and then I'll I'll give you like an example because I know this is like a really big abstract concept so me crazy group lady that's who I am right so I was always posting pictures of my goats and blah 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 with my tag my mortgage Monica right and so one day I dropped my little goats off at the vet for their vaccines I come back an hour later and the receptionist is like holy cow Free people came in here and asked if these are Mortgage Monica's goats. Are you Mortgage Monica? No like, way. They'd made that connection between Crazy Go Lady and Mortgage Monica. And I started <laughs> to get this niche little market with like people with little hobby farms. So wait, so they made the connection to you through social media. Yeah. And they start to, yeah, so basically you start to kind of build this brand around your subject, essentially just being yourself and the fact that you have yeah. kind of offbeat little quirky interests and it's memorable, right? Yeah. So it, start, it starts to work. You start to get some traction that way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now let me go back to the questions part because you, you, you talked about asking questions. Uh, is that something that you, are we talking about in person when you would meet people or are, are you asking questions about themselves on social media, like in public where people can comment? How did that work for you? Both, I think. So, you know, when we look at studies and the difference between introverts and extroverts, one of the areas where introverts really shine is these deep listening skills, like this ability to really listen, really take in in that information and then find problems to solve based on that information, right? So, you know, where I used to have clients come into my office and we just do their mortgage, blah, 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 thanks a lot, off you go. I would start actually asking them deeper questions, you know, like, you know, not just what do you want to refinance, but you know, like, why do you want to refinance? What's your motivation behind this? What's your reasons? And then in getting to the reasons I could get to solutions and in getting to solutions, you know, like it just snowballs into other things. And so asking those questions and then really, really listening um, is kind of an introvert superpower that I think we just don't tap into enough. 
And and even when I'm at a, like an event, a networking event, instead of walking around now thinking I'm going to talk about raids, you know, I'll I'll do the normal little bit of small talk. But then it's like, you know, like why did you choose this business? Like what what makes you passionate about it? Like what are you? What's the problem you're trying to solve? And and maybe I can connect them to someone else. Like I'm always looking for now for how can I connect someone to someone who can help them? How can I help them with their business? Because like people remember, like people notice people who notice them. So if I'm noticing them trying to help them, that reciprocity flows back to me without me even making an effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because that's, that's one of the best ways I feel like I add value to people that are in my world is that exact thing. So like, for example, um, after you and I get done recording, my very next call after that is a weekly business development call. And all it is, is we are looking at the people that we've connected with as a, as a team throughout the agency over the last week or two. And then looking at our board of like relationships and the people that we know and people that we know are good podcast guests and good podcast hosts and stuff. And we're essentially playing the match game. Like, Ooh, if we can match this person with this person, Oh, like we can make it this introduction over here. And yeah, just uh, looking for ways to add value. Cause I figured that out years ago, like when I would just ask somebody like, Hey, who can I introduce you to that would make a big difference in the business or you know, like, what's the right kind of person for you? People were just floored. I mean, sometimes they had trouble actually giving me something that I could work with to make an introduction. Like that's the biggest problem is just people don't always know clearly who they can be introduced to. But the question itself is unbelievable for building relationships. Yeah. And I remember the first time someone asked me that kind of a question, like I was at some networking event and she's like, so like, what made you want to do this? And you know, what's the, like, what are you, what's your obstacle in your business? Like, who can I connect you to? And I was just blown away. I was like, wow, like I need to learn this skill set because yeah. it, it is so powerful when someone actually takes an interest in you and you have this ability to try to help them grow. Like you just, you just grow naturally out of that. Like it's yeah. just an organic, beautiful thing. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about public speaking a little bit because you're no, you're no shrinking violet when it comes to speaking on stage. And um, I know a lot of introverts that are that way. I mean, I, I'll, I'll crawl over broken glass to speak to a thousand people if I can. Like I don't have any problem with that. Um, what I don't want to be involved in is the the cocktail party after the speaking engagement and then the after party and the after after party and like all that stuff. Uh, so is there anything that you've done maybe with boundaries, maybe with how you structure your speaking engagements and what you commit to and what you don't commit to? Like how have you enabled yourself to have good speaking engagements that you enjoy without taxing yourself so much as an introvert that it makes you hate going out and speaking? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I have spread them out definitely. And I've, you know, the first month that the book came out, I was doing all these speaking engagements, podcast interviews, you know, things like this. And, and at the end of the day, I just couldn't function. Like my family's like, are you, hello, are you in there? You know? And I was just like, no, like I'm, I just, I can't talk to anybody. And I, I did, I had to step back and go, okay, like one a day is, is my maximum. Like that's, I can't stack six talks or six podcasts or six TV shows on top of each other because mm -hmm. I'll get through those and I'll have a great time and I'll have this huge amount of energy, but then I'll, I will crash. It's like me drinking a whole glass of sugar because it's so yes. good and I love yes. it. But then all of a sudden I have this crash and I was talking to this guy the other day who was doing some research on this and it was so fascinating because he was saying, if you look at like scans of introverts and extroverts, the introverts get this really big hit of dopamine when they talk to someone, when they do an event, when they do something, they get this massive hit of dopamine, which makes them very happy, very relaxed, and it'll carry them all day. They could just go hibernate then, just like if you had this big hit of, well, sugar, whatever your drug of choice would be, right? And, mm -hmm. and it keeps you satisfied for a long time. 
extroverts get these tiny, tiny little hits of dopamine. So they're always looking for more. They're always like, need more dopamine, need more dopamine, need more dopamine. So they got to go meet more people, meet more people. Whereas introverts get this huge hit and they're like, ah, I'm just going to go crawl into my jammies now. I'm good for the rest of the wow. day. Wow. That's really interesting. I've never heard anybody say that. Uh, it makes sense. I thought it had more to do with the sensitivity to stimulus. And I'm sure that's an element too, but I didn't realize the dopamine hit was so much different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I think, um, and one of the reasons why I was drawn into the world of podcasting is what I would call the podcast high, which is you have this really amazing, deep idea driven connection, or you really connect with somebody over their story and what you have in common. You have this great time on a podcast. I mean, that's what gets people thinking about doing it more or hosting their own show is you have that podcast high. And maybe as an introvert, maybe that dopamine hit is even higher. Uh, it sounds like than an extrovert would in the same situation. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd never that, that makes sense. Yeah, I'd never heard of it either, but it, it really it was really interesting for me. And I agree, there is a lot of sensitivity, but like you know, like I don't know about you, but I'm very sensitive to loud noises, to lots of sounds, to large crowds, like all those things just make me want to just crawl into a little little ball, right? So there's definitely more than just a dopamine, but that I thought that was really cool. I really wanted to learn more about that. Yeah, that is really interesting. Um yeah. Uh, and it sounds like you are like me in the sense that you're probably stack. If you can stack things back to back to back, you can coast through on the energy. I've heard some introverts say, like, you know, like build more breaks into your calendar, spread things out, have the space in between. I'm like, I don't, I don't like to do that. It doesn't work for me. Like I stack all my calls in the morning and, um, I mean, it's great when there's a break that occurs randomly if it wasn't maybe planned and I get like a lottery of time that I can maybe take some time to relax. But otherwise, I'd rather coast through and stay on maybe that. Maybe and that's what it is. Maybe it's that dopamine. You just keep that high going and then knowing it's, you're going to crash at some point. I have a hard time taking like a, a random hour break in between calls in the day. Yeah. If I have a choice and I have to do three in a day, I would rather do three back to back than mm -hmm. do one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. Cause by evening I'm, I'm so done, but I yeah. can, I can just keep that momentum going if I need to. It's once I take a break, it's hard to come back. To. Yeah. One of my, um, uh, somebody wanted to book something with me. We ended up doing it this morning, but in the negotiation process for scheduling, my assistant said like, Hey, they can do like Monday at 4 PM. I'm like, I don't do calls on Monday and 4 p.m. is the worst time in the world. You might as well ask me to get up at nine o'clock at night and do a random call because uh, I've already shut down mentally long before that and I'm checked out of like call mode. And that is a very defined mode of me being receptive and, and like letting people into my world. Like that's what mornings are for. And then afternoons are my me time. That's, that's when I go, I go to the gym and I write and I like do things that are just, yeah, uh, I can't, I can't do, I could not do three calls spread out throughout the day. That would make me miserable. Um, it's funny how there's just variations of that. Cause even introverts are, will approach that differently, but, uh, it sounds like you've learned to like really get better at understanding your boundaries and where your energy ends and lasts and, and where you need to like kind of cut it off to, to have a good life. Yeah. I'm not there hundred percent yet, but I definitely think I've, uh, I'm, I'm definitely picking up some skill sets along the way as to those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what about the, maybe the next set of tweaks or boundaries that you're experimenting? Is there anything that you're testing and, and tinkering with in your schedule or how you approach things to channel your energy better? 
Yeah. You know, I have traditionally been a night owl. I have traditionally been the person that does my best work at like one o'clock in the morning kind of thing. But the problem is I got to get up at seven to get my kids ready for school. And then I'm tired. And then when I'm tired, I don't think properly. And then like my whole day just goes worse. So this week I have actually been forcing myself to go to bed earlier and earlier and earlier. And this was actually the first day I actually got up early on my own, jumped on a mastermind session, you know, did some writing, did a little meditation. And before my day even started, I got all this stuff out of the way that actually adds value to my day that, that sets me off on the good foot rather than trying to do that stuff late at night. And, and yeah, it's, it's, so that's my next phase, I guess, is I'm trying to stop being a night owl and shift to being a morning person, which if I told you five years ago that I'd be getting up at five in the morning to create time for me, I'd be like, forget it. That ain't never happening. But you know what? I did it this morning and I enjoyed it. So, you know, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. One, one little day at a time. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I was going to say one day at a time. That's not an easy transition to make. I can't relate because I've always been kind of an in the middle kind of person. And I, I worked a lot of jobs where I had to be there at 7 30 or 8 in the morning so i just kind of got into the routine of getting up early even though i didn't want to um i never was that person that did my best work at night the only the only thing closest to that is it's weird uh, like as a musician to make music in the daylight i don't know what the deal is with that it's so weird uh i, can, I feel like i can only get into that space in the evening and so winters are easier because it gets dark at five o'clock like oh i've got four hours to kind of tinker around on the piano and come up with something and then the summer rolls around and it's like, it doesn't get dark until nine o'clock. And so the, it's like the only time where you feel like in the flow. So that's the only place where I can relate to that is on the musician side of things. Because uh, yeah, on the work side, if you told me to do something at nine or 10 o'clock at night, mostly my brain is already shut down. Like just, I just don't have the mental capacity. Like if you told me like, hey, get out of bed at 1030 at night or something like that and just and sit down and write or something like that. Like there's, I would just not have the cognitive capacity to do it. Um, yeah. So everybody's different in that. Like the biorhythm stuff is really interesting. Um, so we talked about kind of where, where you've been, where you're at, uh, what kind of impact do you hope to make with the book? And what are some things that maybe people might be surprised to read in the book that they, that they should keep in mind before they go in? Yeah, I guess uh, the impact is, you know, first of all, to, to help those people that were like me and think there's actually something wrong with them and to realize that, you know what, half the population is introverts, you're in good company, and that there's lots of actual secret introverts out there that you don't know about. And to know that more is possible than you think is possible, right? If you talked to me six, seven years ago, I wouldn't even drop my kids. Like I wouldn't get out of the car to drop my kids off because I had such a phobia of talking to people. And if I have to talk to the moms and they want to be my friend and then I'll have to small talk every day. And like, I wouldn't talk to my neighbor because then they want to, you know, like I actually avoided friendships and relationships and connections. And those are actually the highlight of my day now. So I guess Mm -hmm. the thing I want people to know is that you can change. And then the other thing is that it's not just about that introvert piece. It's about, you know, the communication piece, how we talk to people, how we listen, how we deal with conflict. There's just a whole bunch of stuff in there that I discovered, you know, by accident that helps me build better relationships and network without trying to network to be more comfortable and for it to be easy and natural for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think there's some, some good stuff in there about that too. Love it. Uh, and what's the best place to uh, to get the book? It is available on Amazon. It's available on Audible, or you can find it on my website, monicaperkin.ca. Yeah, perfect. Uh, as we were joking around before we hit record, just about the the travails of uh, of recording your audio book and and all the fun stuff. So, is there now that you've been through the process, you had a really good experience with a publicist. She's gotten you amazing opportunities. Um, so, there's been obviously some things that worked, some things that didn't work. 
Um, let's say you write a book two years from now. What do you do differently? I will not rush the process. I was so excited to get that sucker out that I didn't look over little details. Like the first version came out uh, six by nine and I got it in the mail and I was a glossy cover. And I I was like, no, no, it can't look like this. Like this is not right. So then I redid it. But when you redo your cover, it's got to be a whole new number. Like it's ISBN or whatever. I know listeners might not know what that is, but Mm -hmm. it's, so what's happens now sometimes, so when, so both issues are out there because Amazon won't take down an old version in case someone wants to sell a used copy. So okay. when someone Googles my book, sometimes they click on it and it says not available and you got to click again oh. and the new version will come up. But just like little things like that, if I had just taken the time, not been in a hurry and said, you know, send me the sample, I'll look at it. It's exactly what I want. I could have changed all those things. But changing them after the fact actually created a lot of obstacles and hiccups yeah. for me that if I could do it again, I, I would definitely just just don't be in a rush. Take a pause and, and do it right the first time. Well, you're talking to an audience who is impatient, hard driving, ambitious, and they probably will go, that sounds like great advice. I'll immediately ignore it. <laughs> But point is well taken. Uh, I had an issue when when the uh, Microfamous came out and, you know, like I have a super common name. And so I didn't really take the time to set up my Amazon author profile. I didn't even notice it until, I don't know, several weeks later uh, when somebody mentioned it. And it turns out that Amazon was linking my book with like two or three other Matt Johnson's, but it was a whole thing uh, to untangle. Yeah. 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 So people would find their book, then come over and they would think, oh, that I, that, they, that other person wrote this book. And like, no. And yeah, there was a whole thing. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of those stupid things that probably could have been taken care of if it wasn't my first book. And, you know, I had some idea of what to expect, uh, and going a little bit slower, especially on the marketing side and leaning into, um, uh, places like Amazon where I could have been more intentional about how the book was presented and my author page and filling that out and stuff. I just didn't know. You never know until you get into it, just, you know, what things are the most important, but that was one of the things that I noticed too, was, uh, just, yeah, it's a, it's a long process. Like the, the writing of the book is actually the easy part. The rest know, of it is right? all a giant pain in the butt. I thought that would be the hard part. And it's all the rest of it. That's the hard part. The writing part, I don't even know how I did it now. I'm like, I don't know. It just happened. But yeah. you know, the rest of it is where the real sweat and tears came in. Yeah. It is. That's right. All right. Well, Monica, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you sharing. And hopefully people go grab the book. I know there's a lot of people in the audience that are on the introverted side. Some are, uh, are what I would call digital introverts. I have a couple of clients who come to mind that are extroverted in person, introverted when it comes to online. So the online, like being present on social media drains them in the same way that networking in person drains the, the, your average introvert. And so there's a whole class of people that I would call like digital introverts. I'm kind of more that way now where I actually like talking to people in person, but that doesn't mean I want to be active online or share my private life online. So I think there's uh, there's a couple of different types of people that would wow. get benefit. Yeah. That is so cool because I think if anything, I actually dipped my feet in online first because I felt safest there. Um, <laughs> so I actually grew my omnivert self or grew out of my introvert self online because that was where I felt comfortable posting, commenting, responding to people. And when so I got fun. comfortable there, I dipped. So it never occurred to me that it could be the other way around. That's, yeah, that's a great observation. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, everybody go grab the book. Uh, go check out her website. So that monicaparkin.ca because she's up in the uh, the great country of Canada. So, and then uh, if there's anybody that you can think of that needs to read the book, make sure to send that, uh, send them a link on Amazon, get connected up. Uh, Monica's obviously has a background in the mortgage space. So there's a lot of people in my audience that might have 
connection. So make sure to reach out, connect, um, jump on uh, her website, get connected on social media so you can follow all the happenings of her goats. And, uh, and we'll see everybody on the next episode.